0: This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on.
1: This is World Changing Ideas, and I'm Amelia Hempel. This season, we're bringing you stories from changemakers and innovators all around the world working to create a better future. So if you're on the hunt for some solutions to the world's biggest problems, then you've come to the right place. If you missed last week's episode, go back and take a listen. We found out about some amazing health tech and biohacking solutions that are aiming to help people live longer, healthier lives. If you don't know a lot about biohacking, you can find out more in that episode. This week, our producer Avery Miles is taking a look at the brain and a world-changing idea that could overhaul how we approach brain surgery. A company called Synchron is investigating how you restore, treat, and map the electrical activities of the human brain, and they've developed the first brain-computer interface implant in the United States. It's called Stentrode. And when the device gets implanted, it can allow severely paralyzed patients to control personal devices without using their hands. Avery sat down with Peter Yu, who's Synchron's Director of Neuroscience at last year's Fast Company Innovation Festival. It's a fascinating conversation about how this implant technology works, the kind of impact these brain devices could have on healthcare, and what's coming next. So take a listen.
2: So Synchron as a group, we're trying to commercialize an endovascular brain computer interface. So what that means is we're introducing a brain recording device through the blood vessels. And the reason why we want to do that is so that paralyzed individuals can control digital devices just by thinking. And the reason why we go inside of the blood vessel is so that we don't have to perform a open brain surgery. Blood vessels creates these natural highways into the brain that we can access through the neck. Mm-hmm. So we can use conventional methods of stent delivery to bring our devices into the brain and record brain signals safely and in a more scalable manner.
0: How does that then reach the broader global impact? You know, Because we are all about world-changing yeah. ideas. Yeah. So where does that fit in? Where does Synchron fit in? Yeah,
2: I mean, there are so many paralyzed individuals who currently don't have any other options of, you know, regaining their ability to interact with digital devices. So you and I, when we think um, the intent is in the brain, but it gets translated through our bodies, and we can interact with the world. Whereas these paralyzed individuals, they have the intent, but it doesn't get outside of the body because of the paralysis. So our device is about getting that signal out of the body and into a digital device so that can control it. And there are, you know, just in the US alone, there are 5 million people who are paralysed and the global, of course many more millions. So, we think this is a big problem and we think our technology is a scalable way of reaching all of those millions of patients that can actually benefit from this technology.
0: If somebody's paralyzed, they still had the thought mm-hmm. process, but they aren't able to then communicate That's it. right. So, yeah. it's like untapped potential. Exactly.
2: So, they have all the thoughts. So, they have the exact same thought that they would have had before they were paralyzed about moving their hand, except it's just got no destination after they're paralyzed. So we're just trying to record their signal, translate it using our algorithms. Then we've given patients something they can control just by thinking or with that intent. And once digitized, they can control phones, email, text, whatever they want to do, really. So stentrode is a culmination of stent and electrode. So Mm -hmm. it's a very clever engineering and scientist came up with a creative name. (laughs)
0: Wordplay. I like that.
2: Yeah, so a stent, you know, you may have had a family member or you know of someone who's received a heart stent, like Mm -hmm. a cardiac stent. It's very similar. So it's stents are effectively things that we can navigate through the blood vessels and leave in the blood vessels. So what we've done is then put electrical circuits onto the stent so we can now deliver this electrical circuit that we can record brain activity from, through the blood vessels, from the neck into the brain. And it looks like a little mesh device. It looks like a stent with circuits on them. I mean, it's about a mesh side stick. It's a tiny little device that sits inside of your blood vessel next to your brain.
0: That is quite visual. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. You mentioned digital devices, so what can somebody do?
2: Right, so we've published a paper earlier on um, in JNIS. Uh, it's about the early clinical trial results from Australian patients. So in their trial, they received our device, um, they were trained on how to use them, and ultimately they were able to text their caregivers, you know, email, um, do their banking, um, we'll order groceries or items online. It was about you know showing that they can get independence back in a meaningful manner in the context of their home not in some research lab all of this was done inside of their home i mean the technology really has caught up so now full disclosure brain computer interface as a concept and as a technology has been for for decades Mm -hmm. but the the traditional way is that we used to perform craniotomies so open brain surgery directly interface with the brain itself so you actually touch the brain you know with the device that way you get good signal but of course there are health you know risks as well from the surgery so our approach is about doing the same technology, but in a safer and more scalable manner. And back in the day, we didn't have WhatsApp. We didn't have, you know, mobile phones or anything like that. But now it's really ingrained in society. So I think the time is really ripe in terms of both culture and technology and what we're doing as well. So it can actually be really useful.
0: Yeah, it's kind of kismet. It's like yeah, exactly. converging at, a, yeah. at the perfect yeah. time, Good perfect point. moment. How is that going to change the field of neuroscience?
2: We're the first and currently the only commercial entity to implant permanent implants inside of the brain, for the purposes of yielding brain computer interfaces. So this was a big moment, so previously no other groups have been able to implant the devices permanently, but we're the first company to really try and commercialize this so that we can get it out to the millions of people who are actually need it, right? So it's no longer in the research setting, no longer in lab settings. We're trying to really make a product and work with the regulatory bodies to get this out in a very safe and very effective manner. So that's the actually the main point of difference with our technology, of conventional way of introducing brain recording devices into the brain. Your skull act as this filter that filters out lots of useful brain information. So brain activity is just electrical activity, but your skull obviously is doing a very good job at prote- protecting your brain, but it filters out that signal. So you have to get past the skull to record this rich information. How we used to do it and how people still do it is by you know drilling a small hole or a big hole and just exposing the brain and implanting it that way. Our technology, we negate that need. So we go through the blood vessels, um, so we don't have to perform any open brain surgery. So while there's a little bit of an intervention, we think it's a much less risky and also a lot more scalable uh, solution because there are at least, I think, about 2000 physicians across the U.S. who can actually perform that procedure of introducing stents into the brain and delivering these devices rather than, you know, neurosurgeons who have to have the skill to be able to perform an open brain surgery. So we got a bigger pool of physicians mm-hmm. who can do the, procedures. So, of of course, that comes with less less resources, getting it out to more people. So that's the aim. And that's the point of difference, really.
0: Right, it's an accessibility issue.
2: Yeah, accessibility, cost, and um, inherent risk of the procedure and all of this stuff. So we've taken all that into consideration and we thought, how can we design a brain-computer interface that's effective and also less dangerous? We did lots of, you know, research to make sure that this device was feasible and safe. It's a really exciting time to be part of this field in general. I think people are more used to the idea of brain-computer interfaces and it's almost becoming obvious now to the general public as an idea
0: so it's not sci-fi anymore
2: i mean there's nothing sci-fi about it because you know it's happening right now there are five people without devices across the world so i hope it's tangible and obvious to people
1: Okay, that's all for our show today. I'm Amelia Hempel, and we want to hear about the world-changing ideas going on where you are. Let us know on Instagram or TikTok. See you next Wednesday. Our show is produced by Avery Miles, mixing and sound design by Nicholas Torres. Joshua Christensen is our supervising producer, editorial oversight from Deputy Editor Kate Davis, and Senior VP of Entertainment Scott Meebus.